I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 95 of the Dynasty Debates, hot off the press, the best kept secret in all Dynasty Fantasy football. I am your humble host, as always, the humblest host in the biz, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates, or you can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, things you love, things you hate, things you want to hear more of in the show, let me know. Guys, hopefully you've been enjoying the divisional breakdowns. We are here. We have arrived. The last but not least New York Giants today with amazing guest Dave Heilman at Dynasty Dorks. Give him a follow if you don't already. We are going to dive straight in and talk some New York football giants. The main event. Fight! Back again, Dave Howman at Dynasty Dorks and myself talking through the NFC East. We are going to talk New York Giants. Not only are they last place last year, but they are Dave's favorite team. So we're going to get complete just propaganda, 100%. You know, Danny Dimes, QB1, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver one, Saquon Barkley, Q, you know, running back one. Here we go. Buckle up. It's going to be a good time. Last year, so just as a recap, just to kind of go back over what happened last year and what kind of changes have happened, they were 4-13. and 13. They were not good. They were last place in the division. It was a pretty ugly scene. But thankfully, thankfully, in the, the words of Bob Dylan, the times they are a-changing. So GM Dave Gettleman got the boot. Well, apparently he retired, but I think it was a jump before he's pushed sort of situation. Personally, um, head coach Joe Judge was relieved of his duties and they brought in a two pack from the Buffalo Bills. So new GM Joe Schoen, first time GM and head coach Brian Dable, both from the Bills. Um, Brian Dable was the OC over there and Joe Schoen was the assistant GM. So they come from good stock, good pedigree. We like what they've been up to these last couple of years really like the way they've run the organization so i feel personally positive i'm sure the giants fans that i have talked to feel pretty positive i haven't got dave's take on that yet dave are you feeling positive oh yeah <laughs> okay it's it's unanimous they also brought in mike kafka new oc over from kansas city so again we love kansas city we love that offense we love the the way it was run so that's again another positive uh as far as majors kind of like they were in a pretty pretty rough situation with cap real just cap hell over there in new york um they did have to cut devonta booker who was fairly productive for them as a backup running back these last couple of years they got rid of kyle rudolph ex viking legend um rudolph the red nose the red zone reindeer and they lost evan ingram you know a fellow evan who i adore they lost him to jacksonville he gets a fresh start down there with the jags they did sign Matt Burita, though how much you know we can actually expect to see him or hear from him is probably a little bit of a, a dubious point there. They brought in Ricky Seals-Jones um, with the loss of Evan Ingram, trying to bring a bit of a padding to the tight end room. And they brought in Tyrod Taylor as their backup quarterback, which is interesting. Now, in the draft, they didn't go heavy on the offensive side of the ball, 
but they did bring in some offensive line help, which they desperately needed. Uh, the offensive line was atrocious and they seem to have, you know, at least they haven't picked up Daniel Jones, um, fifth year option but they at least are going to give him this year to try and prove himself i think to give him a fair shake because i think that was one of the points that brian dable brought up and i believe joe shown as well was like man he's never actually had a fair chance to succeed yes he hasn't succeeded but he's also never really had a fair chance to succeed we've given him garbage to work with horrible offensive line not a lot of continuity and stability so i think they're going to let it, they're going to try and see what they can get out of Danny Dimes this year and they did draft Wandale Robinson kind of an exciting gadgety type player he's a good receiver but he's just kind of converted from running back so interesting interesting skill set they drafted him a lot higher than i think a lot of people thought he would get drafted um and then they did draft a athletic kind of workman tight end daniel bellinger out of san diego state who i did like he's very athletic but he's very raw so you know again that's an interesting signing but what are your thoughts i mean this is your team these are your dudes how are you feeling about the new york giants and where do you come down on this whole scale of one to ten for your confidence levels and them for actual fantasy Dave uh, about a five I think there's you know some players that I think you can get some good value out of because of all the stink around the New York Giants right now um, but I'm not you know jumping all over myself trying to go pick up these players because there's a reason why there's some stink on them this has been uh, a bottom two offense and scoring and you know red zone production about four years in a row um, so, you know, we, we definitely, my, my most, most positive thing about this whole, the whole thing is they finally are starting to address the offensive line, which Dave Gettleman was brought in to supposedly do. He never did. Um, but Evan Neal was a massive, massive upgrade and they, they had some sneaky little, uh, signings in the, uh, you know, on off season, they got Glowinski off of the Colts. They got uh, Feliciano off of the um, bills. And then they drafted two interior offensive linemen um, in the draft on on top of Neil. So um, they got three offensive linemen rookies and three free agents. It's going to be a revamped offensive line. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think that, I'm at a six, so I'm a slightly higher than you surprisingly. So you are a traitor. You don't even believe in your own team. That's fair. But I think that, For me, when I look at how bad it was, I mean, it was bad, bad there. I think, no offense, but Joe Judge was just a really bad head coach. He always seemed like he didn't know what he was doing, and he seemed out of his depth. He seems like a really good special teams kind of guy, but not necessarily a good head coach. And Gettleman was obviously kind of a laughing stock, you know, in a lot of ways with his decision-making and the way he went about his business. So it's, it's really sad to see, and I think that, For me, the reason I'm slightly maybe more optimistic than you is that it's not just that they were bad. They've been like literally the worst in a lot of areas. So even if, forget being top third, but even if they just go to like average, it's going to be a massive upgrade and there's going to be a lot of value to be had on that roster. I guess the the confusing part is just finding out which bit of the value (laughs) is the value. Because if we look at last year again, Some of it we can't really take too much away from because it is a new coaching staff and things like that. But just to look back and see how bad it really was, you know, they the only thing they really did sort of well was they were 10th in pace of play. So they were getting up and trying to make 
things happen. They were trying to keep the ball moving. It just wasn't successful. They were dead last in DVOA. So again, if we go back to, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, go back and check them out. But DVOA is just an advanced statistic that talks about basically defense adjusted value over average is what the, the, the anagram or whatever stands for. It just means that they're looking at their they're they're looking at what is expected from an NFL offense or a, an offensive line or a wide receiver or whatever and how much value did they add so when they looked at that list unfortunately the giants came in dead last uh they were 44% rush success rate which was 28th uh, and then 39% pass success rate, which was 32nd. So combined for 41% success rate on plays run offensively. And that was last. So it was not good, but interestingly, um, you know, I think that again, to my, my point is they've been so bad and so dysfunctional and people are so sick, sore and tired of them that you can get real values on them. Basically all their players, um, bar maybe Saquon people still value him as like a top 12 <laughs> dynasty wide dynasty running back, um, which is fair enough. I mean, I understand he's a very talented running back, but you know, things that I think are very interesting is we look at their culture that they're trying to bring over. It's clear that they're trying to bring over a culture from the Bills. They've looked at the way the Bills are building their, their team, the way they're building their roster, the way that they're conducting their business, and they like what they see, which why wouldn't they? Um, they brought over the assistant GM. They brought over the the assistant coach, you know, and they're trying to replicate some of that success there. We look at the Bills, and they really targeted the wide receiver position. They were the second most targets to the wide receiver position. 70.7% of their targets go to the wide receiver position position um, and they don't target the running back or the tight end very much they were 25th and 29th to those positions and when we think about the tight end position and new york there's not really much of a tight end room there so they probably aren't going to really focus on that but it does mean i would say we could look at some value hopefully in the wide receiver room there in new york so i'm going to get some of your ideas and opinions on that what are your do you have any sort of jump out really must buys do you have anybody that you're like i really really want this guy or are you just sort of eh, if i have to take one here's who i'm taking well i'll give you two um, everyone's going out and, and you know going after Kadarius tony and i do like tony but this regime drafted wandale robinson and he's got very good draft capital the analytics guys love him the tapes guy tape guys say he's too small so you're going to get different you know so that equates to uh end of the second round rookie draft price. So you're not making a huge gamble by taking him at 111. You're taking him at 211 or 205. So he's someone you can get in your startup drafts in the teens. Um, so he's pretty late. And then Kenny Galladay, people have just kind of written him off. He had zero touchdowns last year. There's no way if he plays 16 games, he gets zero touchdowns this year. He's going to have, he could be the number one on the Giants offense, and he's currently being drafted as the wide receiver 59. So if he's 120, 130 targets, and we look at guys like, like Alan Lazard is being drafted, actually a little below him, but Alan Lazard's starting to get some hype. Kenny Galladay is in you know a, a similar situation. It's a bad defense. They're going to be behind a lot, throwing the ball a lot. Kafka throws the ball a lot. Dable throws the ball a lot. Kenny Galladay gets 150 targets. He's, it's, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three value. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I think, I guess for me, it's just, it is tough. And I'm probably the, I'm 
the guy that you're probably talking about. You know, I'm just like, man, I can't bring myself to like draft Galladay in a startup or or to like trade for him. But you're probably right. There probably is some meat on the bones there. I do think I worry that he is quite old now. Is he not? Like, is he not 29, 28, 29? So 28. 28 it'll be 29 this season maybe so i do wonder you know you sort of i guess you're right as far as like costs to acquire is very low now so i think that people that got really burned were people maybe that have done startups a couple years ago and they had to invest you know top you know Mm -hmm. fifth round draft capital in them or something in a startup and then they're sitting with this guy who's been an absolute like you know bagel on their roster all year but two years absolutely yeah so if you're now able to go out and you're doing a startup and and to your point again to this startup i'm in at the middle of at the moment i think he went in like the 17th 18th round or something you know it was like or maybe not quite that bad but it was definitely in the teens so you know it's not really a big a big cost you know it's probably somebody that you can get thrown in on a deal if you're trying to work something out and if you're a contender you're looking for a little bit of depth that makes a lot of sense he's sort of in that adam Thielen category you know somebody who's probably gonna like perform well but you don't want to build around for the future but could be a useful piece of making a push for your title i'm gonna throw a guy out here who is a bit scary it's a bit scary to throw this name out here and it could really bite me um but i'm trying to trying to find little edges here in fantasy and i'm gonna go with danny dimes and i know that sounds horrible it sounds scary but again you know we talked about earlier in our when we talked about the washington commanders i know you mentioned um carson Wentz being a buy potentially for you at qb 29 Danny Dimes, QB 30. So he's right in that same sort of ballpark. He's not going to cost you a lot. Pretty much everybody's out on Danny Dimes. And I understand why, but I also understand and I agree with the points that Brian Dable and these guys brought up. It's like, man, he was not given a chance to succeed. He's had horrible coaching staffs, very little support, um, and he's just not had the, the opportunity really. And the truth is he has a rushing baseline. He's like a poor man's like Konami code quarterback, you know, like he really is. He, you know, we all laugh at the the video of him breaking a big, you know, 80 yard run and tripping himself up or whatever, you know, right before he hits the, the, the end zone, but he's an athletic guy and he can run. And that gives you such a great baseline. So again, with my theory of if they go from the worst in the NFL to just even average, he's certainly going to return value on a QB 30 sort of price tag. So if you're able to get him for QB 30, as you're like, QB three or four in a startup. And then he does turn it around and plays actually fairly well where they give him a contract extension and they say, Hey, we're going to go roll with you for the next couple of years. Or maybe they don't go with him because you know, they still think they can get a better option, but he plays well enough where then he moves on and he's the starting quarterback somewhere else. I feel like it's a risk worth taking when you look at the fact that Wince, you know, and again, I'm not, this is not a bash on your take. I mean, Wince has been more successful in his career than Danny Dimes, but Wince doesn't give you that rushing floor, you know? So you get that rushing floor. It's just a nice insulator for your, like, even if he's not playing super well, he'll still give you some points. Um, and I think that with this new quarterback friendly scheme that they're hopefully bringing in these smart guys that they're bringing in, they're bringing in people who have worked with the best in the biz, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens. So they already know how to hopefully elevate the game of a quarterback, but they also are really good at working around the strengths of the quarterback that they have. I mean, that's what they did in Buffalo. They drafted Josh Allen. They knew what they were getting into and they built a team around Josh Allen. So I don't think they're ready to commit to that with Danny Dimes, but I think they're wanting to see what they've got in him. And if he's shown Showing those signs of life, then they may start going down that path with them. So it's a risk, but I feel like in the super flex league, it's a risk potentially worth taking. Does that make you want to throw up in your mouth, Dave? Or do you agree with me on this take with that? No, I, I, 
I, I, I love it. Um, when it comes down to it, Daniel Jones has had flashes. Um, the problem is he's been feast or famine. So, you know, you bench him, he puts up, you know, a 30 burger and then you go and you put him in your lineup and he stinks. And so that's the frustrating thing with him. But when you look, go back to his Pat Shermer rookie year, he had multiple QB one finishes, including multiple top five, including a number one overall finish on his debut. I mean, this guy has rushing upside and he, he can ball out. It just, he needs to do it more consistently and he needs to stop with the turnovers. And, you know, last year, you know, the Giants had Mike Lennon for almost, almost half the year and Jake Fromm for, you know, a quarter of it. It was, it was awful. So those pass catchers and things like that, as bad as, you know, Daniel, Daniel Jones has been at times, he's definitely an upgrade. And then I really like the, the Tyrod, the Tyrod Taylor signing Jones has had injuries. And if Jones goes down, a sneaky signing could be Tyrod Taylor. We haven't got to that part yet, but yeah. <laughs> and what about with your beloved Giants, as much as it pains your heart, is there anybody that you're saying is a sell, like a goodbye, get them off my roster, or not even necessarily a panic, get them off your roster, but just somebody like, hey, I'm happy moving this guy because I don't think there's more ceiling to the value that you're getting at this moment in time. If you can find someone that's super excited about Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, I, I would do that, but I just don't think there's a lot of people minus Saquon Barkley that have enough. There's going to be enough return that I have to sell them. Um, because no one, no one, even giants fans aren't even going to be like too excited about buying these guys. Um, Tony might be the only guy, um, and, and minus, you know, minus Saquon Barkley who I have shipped off in a couple leagues. Um, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, I get that totally. I, and again, for the sake of the exercise, I tried to come up with a name, but it's not. So it is Saquon Barkley for me. And I'll be honest, you know, a lot of the reasons is just because, you know, he is an aging running back. He's not ancient by any means, but these last two years have been rough, you know, and they, they, and hopefully fingers crossed he bounces back and he's awesome this year. And he's because he is an elite talent. Like there's no, there's no two ways about it. He's a special, special guy when he's on the field. Same as, you know, CMC. I mean, I think CMC is an amazing running back, but I have the same sort of concerns with him. And I feel that if you're a contender and you're really going for the title this year and you've got Saquon, then absolutely I'd be fine just riding that and see how things go. And fingers crossed he's he's rock solid and just absolutely smashes this year. But if we look at like I like I said, the you know, and again, please don't hear what I'm not saying. But if we look at the fact that they come from the Bills, the Bills don't really, you know, they're not really focusing on passing to the running backs. It's not necessarily their game. I understand that Saquon is miles ahead of any running back that's been on the Bills roster. But if we're just looking at like the fact there's multiple ways we can look at this where it's not a good return on investment. There's really only one or two ways where it is a solid return on investment. And even if he smashes and is amazing and is a top five running back this year, he's still going to be a guy going into what his fifth year in the league or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, he's still going to be a running back going into his second contract. And we have to be wary of that in dynasty. So if you're in middle of the pack or especially if you're rebuilding, or maybe if you got into a startup and you thought, Oh, he's just a good value. He's here in the third round or whatever. I'm going to take him. I would be looking to find the person who values him as a top 12 dynasty running back and flip him um, to get, you know, maybe a younger running back and some future draft capital or to get a really good wide receiver and some draft capital, something like that. Because there's definitely Saquon is one of those guys who just has a real hive mind of like followers that like will never, never say never, never say die sort of, you know, I really do think there's still people out there that are willing to give up 
you know, the, a King's ransom for Saquon Barkley because they've seen some really great pictures of him in, in, you know, his shorts with no top on and he's really ripped. So again, like I said, hundred percent, super talented guy, love him. Think he's great. Hope he smashes this year. But if I'm middle of the pack or if I'm rebuilding, I'm really looking to ship him off at top 12 because if the worst case scenario happens which we hope it doesn't but if he comes out and gets injured again man that's just going to tank his value like we're already sort of living in this like okay that's in the past it's not going to happen this time but if it happens the third time man it's going to be brutal like i don't think you're going to get a good return for him next year no matter what happens no matter who he signs with so that would be my take on it but um what do you think about that is that, is that fair enough or am i being too yeah no, that's exactly what i was going to say is you know if you're gonna sell Saquon now's the time to do it because if he goes out even week one and struggles it's just gonna yeah. go down from here and then okay he has a good year then he's 26 so it's just you know now's the time to sell and even if you like Saquon it's just sometimes you know you have to you got to take opportunities and sell these guys before it's too late yeah in Dynasty, it's really hard to do. It really is. I get it 100%. I really do. Like, I've had rosters in Dynasty where you've got these like four or five stud running backs and you just feel so great. It feels so awesome looking at your roster. But man, one year later, you can be like, crap. You're like holding the bag on three of the five, you know, and it's like not fun. So unfortunately with running backs, it's hard to tell, but you want to try and be out a year early rather than a year late, because once it's a year late, it's so hard to maintain that value and to keep flipping things over. Cause even if he's just okay, if he's like RB 14 this year, like that even is going to tank some of his value. Cause again, he's going to be going into his like 26 or 27 season. He's going to have been like a, you know, high end white running back too. That's going to take some of the shine off of him being elite, you know? So there's just a lot of worlds in which he has a, he's a deteriorating asset and you don't really want to hold on to too many of those, especially if you're a middle of the road or rebuilding team. But that moves us on then to our last sort of little section here, sneaky stash. Um, who do you got for us, Dave? Is there anybody that you feel like, Hey, this could be a real diamond in the rough here on the giants roster. Yeah. You mentioned Daniel Bellinger earlier. I think that's definitely someone you want to keep an eye on. Daniel Jeremiah gave him some praise before the draft and talked about, you know, with, with college production and the NFL draft, you can't really look at college production and project to the NFL. You really got to look at traits. And he picked Daniel, Daniel Bellinger out as someone to talk about. So I was pretty pumped when the giants got him. Um, Maybe not huge production this year, but someone to stash, but Jay Sean Corbin, I don't, I'm not a Matt Breida guy. I don't think he's going to be, you know, someone that you're super hyped about. Didn't do fantastic in the Bills offense. And you have Antonio Williams back there. Um, there's still potential that could bring Devontae Booker back. But I like Jay Sean Corbin. And um, he's going to bring some special teams work to the offense. And and so when he gets on special teams and if he makes a big play or two, you could see him work his way onto the field. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I agree with that. I do think for me, probably is Daniel Bellinger would be my pick for a sneaky stash. He's coming in at tight end 32 on sleeper ADP. So very, 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 very cheap to acquire. If you still haven't done your rookie drafts, you can probably get him in the fourth or fifth round, even in like a tight end premium. But you know, people aren't thinking about the fact that there's really nobody there in the tight end room. So there's he doesn't really have a major block to his relevancy. And we've seen you know Evan Ingram come in and be a top twelve wide you know top twelve tight end um, in his rookie year there. So I think that Daniel Bellinger is certainly somebody to take a dart throw at because 
his athleticism and he was somebody who had the ability to make impactful plays on the offense. He just didn't get a lot of utilization. <laughs> and again, like you said, you know, even people like Daniel Jeremiah noticed him kind of picked him out as somebody who is a di- diamond in the rough, somebody that would definitely be an intriguing player. One other guy I would just throw out there just out of curiosity. I'm not sure about. Um, but again, just cause he's basically free would be Darius Slayton. And I know in the past that we've had, you know, times where he was a bit of a hype player or he had a pretty good rapport with Danny Dimes because we just don't know how all this is going to shake out. It'd be interesting just to see, you know, you could probably pick him up for free on waivers in some leagues. Um, he's still fairly young. So even if he gets traded or something like that, but he could be somebody worth sort of just throwing on the back end of your roster, see what happens because it's a new coaching staff. We don't know what way things are going to shake out, um, you know, just to see how things go in training camp and stuff like that. Any, any final thoughts, Dave, any sort of maybe bold predictions for your beloved giants this year? Well, uh, and to talk about guys that are free, uh, Ricky sales Jones is, is free. And, you know, again, they're going to be passing the ball a lot. Um, so he's someone you could look at and, you know, Slayton, if he can catch the ball, he just got he's got some drop issues that are pretty bad. Um, bold prediction for, for the Giants is is Daniel Jones does have a have a good season um and, and finishes as a, a top fifteen fantasy quarterback. I like it. There we go. That's it. That's some positive mental attitude, some positive thoughts. Yeah, I think do you know yeah, I think for me the you know the positive like the bold prediction is that I think that the Giants are going to be a competitive team this year. I don't think they're going to be laughing stocks or whipping boys or whatever, you know, like they have been the last couple of years. I think that I'll I'll be bold and say that they are going to be man, I don't want to be too bold. <laughs> I'm going to say they win I'm going to say they win 8 games. I feel like that's pretty bold. That's like a double from last year. I mean, they won four games last year. I think that's I say they win. last three years combined. Yeah, I think, I think they'll win eight games this year. I think that it'll be sort of like, you know, we saw that with Dan Campbell where they didn't win a lot of games, but they're really feisty. The Lions were really in it. They were playing hard. I feel like with Brian Dable and the coaching staff that they're bringing together and stuff like that, and especially, you know what it's like whenever a coach gets fired midseason, the team picks up and plays a little bit better straight after. I feel like the the general vibe and stuff has been so bad and so negative. I feel like it's going to be a real breath of fresh air for the vets that have been there and for the new guys, they won't have been under that regime. So I think there'll be a lot of positive energy and they've really tried to work on the offensive line. So I'm going to say they're a feisty team and they, they actually get eight wins this year so hopefully there you go positive vibes thank you again dave for coming by and stop talking nfc east it's been an absolute pleasure thank you once again for being the first ever guest on dynasty debates um so always going to have a special place in my heart and in the show you're an amazing dude i really appreciate you guys if you don't already follow dave over at dynasty dorks go and do that on twitter check out his work on youtube check out his work with the sports gambling podcast he's everywhere that good content is being produced over on tiktok you can check him out he's an awesome guy dave is there anything else you want to shout out anything else you want to plug before we go here no that's it man thank you so much for having me on it's been a lot of fun great great absolutely yeah dude anytime been great having you having you on we'll hopefully have you on again sometime soon if you haven't already drop a five-star rating review on the podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform really helps the show i really appreciate it and go do the same for dave because he is putting out a lot of great work love his tiktoks um go and check him out over there where he is fun funny and informative guys speak to you again soon we're going to break down some more divisions so we'll be back again next week
I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver, nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.